English speaking, so that's a blessing to me. Um, we all, I also am learning Spanish and some other languages as well, but I'm still working on English, all right? So we'll, we'll get through that. But an amazing country. Um, it looks a lot like the Philippines, so it might look familiar to some, but uh, just a wonderful place to be. We're thankful to be heading back there. We plan to do so at the end of this year. And for the kids, after the service, I will be having some balloon animals we can make and show you guys and have those. The adults have to make sure you're good in church in order to get one. But the kids will take care of, and uh, we'll show the video, and then we'll get into our message this morning. My family and I have served in the country of Belize, Central America, for just over four years. During our first term there, we were able to adjust to the local culture, establish a church, as well as hand it off to another pastor. And we're excited to go back. We're looking forward to seeing what the Lord has in store for us there. I had the privilege of working with a wonderful group of ladies as Emmanuel Baptist Church of Belize grew. We grew together with ladies' meetings and discipleship. We reached out into the community with banquets and ladies' teas. Teaching Sunday school and children's music ministry were some of my favorite things to do there. Raising children on the mission field comes with many challenges, but seeing God work in and through their lives is very precious to me. During our time there, we've been able to see people accept the Lord, follow in baptism, and grow through discipleship and preaching. Besides our weekly Sunday school, preaching, and youth group, we also conduct a local soccer meeting in which we're able to have kids from the community come out and to play, as well as have a halftime devotional and snack. At one time, our church met under a thatch roof. Be careful of snakes and scorpions. But after that, God so graciously provided a property for us, and we're so thankful for what God was able to do there. Some of our other outreach opportunities included helping in disaster relief, open air meetings, special banquets, and we've had the privilege to share in countrywide youth meetings. God has used us to assist in ordinations and funerals, and even the odd cattle branding. We've also enjoyed being able to assist other missionaries in building programs, as well as fellowship. Even though our work has been broad, it all focuses around the one main thing, and that's sharing the love of Christ with others. In the beginning of 2021, it became evident that we would need to return back to Canada as I dealt with my health. But even through this time, God proved himself faithful, and we were able to install Pastor Omar as the head of the work there. And we're so thankful for what God has allowed him to continue to do. Partway through our time in Canada, we felt it necessary to cancel our support. We didn't know what God was doing, but we knew that he was in control and that he wasn't done with us. But the what, where, and when remained a mystery to us. Until we were reading in our devotions in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, which says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. But if you read the verses around it, we're reminded of so much more. In verse 18, it says, And Jesus came to speak unto them, saying, All power is given unto me. So we have power through Christ. Because in the last verse, verse 20, it teaches, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. 
We're so thankful and truly believe that this extends to Belize as well. We knew years ago that God called us to serve Him in Belize. And these verses cemented in us that He's still calling us to do the same. As we return, we're praying to specifically where the Lord would have us to serve. Whether it's taking a church in need of a pastor or starting a new church in a new location. Along with our local church ministries, we want to come alongside other missionaries and pastors within the country. At times, missionary life can be hard. And we want to develop a network so that we can encourage and keep one another accountable. The Bible talks about sharpening one another. And we want to be able to encourage one another in the ministry. Another desire we have is to bring a few things with us that might be able to be used around the country for special services at different churches. Things like some big tents and a bouncy castle and some games that we could use as a collective. These special days are not meant to solely entertain people, but draw them together within the church environment that they might be able to hear some sound biblical preaching and see the love of Christ within the body of Christ. And lastly, we need you. Belize is an amazing place to minister, whether it be in a full-time ministry vocation or a place to get planted as you serve and maybe learn another language like Spanish. We would also love you to come down on a short-term missions trip. Belize is the perfect place to live life and share new life in Christ. We're excited to return and we'll be doing so at the end of 2023. We cover your prayers and financial giving as well. See you in Belize. All right, who's ready to come down with me for a trip? Fantastic, looking forward to it. It is. It is always warm. All right. In the name of, no. <laughs> it's usually between 35 and 40 degrees Celsius there. The coldest it's ever get gotten is down to about 15 Celsius. You need a sweater and some long pants for a few hours, and then you're hot. And you go back to uh, being hot. <laughs> uh, it's always about 100 to 110% humidity there. Uh, we love a lot of rice and beans some chicken, and uh, just an amazing place to be. You saw the yellow bus in there. I, I actually drove that down uh, to Belize. I'm planning the truck I have out here along with the dump trailer. I will drive that down as well as shipping a container. It's about 57 hours of drive time down through the States, down through Mexico, and into Belize, and I enjoy it. My family will not be coming with me. They fly down. It'll give me sanity, and, and we'll get there in, in less than a month. No, no, it takes, obviously it takes a little more time with family and uh, it's a little safer to travel by myself or with another man. But we're looking forward to being down there. Do you have any quick questions? Maybe something you're curious about? If not, that's okay. We can talk afterwards as well. You were talking about offering buckets. One of the first meetings I was at was with some Kentucky Fried Chicken buckets as well. It's a thing. So I don't know, maybe it's something we need to bring back. Keep it, keep it old. <laughs> You know, but uh, you never know. In Belize, we use a long pole with like a sock, like a big pouch. That it keeps people from, you know, trying to make change or whatever. I don't know, but uh, but we just pass that. The, the guy will hold it and kind of reach down the aisle a little bit, and that's how we do our offerings in Belize. But we're excited to go back to the country, and uh, we're, like I said, we're looking forward to doing so at the end of the year. 
God has been so good in supplying our need and uh, uh, and support. So we're, we've been blessed by that. I'm able to work a little bit now, which helps me in order to keep any money that comes in for monthly support, we're saving up. There are some costs involved, of course, with moving containers and things like that, and items we need to purchase for the country. So praise the Lord, we're able to keep that aside for now, and, and the Lord has been so good providing our needs in various ways along the way. Um, we're at 38% and excited to get to 100, as I said, by the end of the year. Today, I want to talk to you in the Bible uh, about a man who is... One of my heroes, have you ever been like that? You're reading, a pers- you're reading about a person, you're like, I like this guy. I can relate to this person in the Bible. And then you look at somebody else, you're like, well, I like them too. Well, I really like, this is my new favorite person. Today, we're going to be talking about Philip. And as we begin, let's bow for a word of prayer. God, our Father, we thank you again for the opportunity we have to come and meet here today. And I pray that as we meet, Lord, that you would convict, that you would... Lord, help us to live more like you, Lord, uh, in a world that needs it. I pray that as we dig into your word, Lord, that it'd be something you'd impress upon our lives and we leave here changed. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your sacrifice. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're going to be turning in the Bible this morning to the book of Acts. Um, The book of Acts is really a neat book for me. The book of Acts, to me, serves as the backbone for the New Testament. From there, we can plug in a lot of other books, right? Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and so on, and see how it all ties together, where the missionary journeys went, where the letters were sent to and from, and how it works together. But we're going to find ourselves in Acts chapter 8 today. It would be good if I turned there myself. If we were looking in Acts chapter 6 before this, We would see a man by the name of who? Anybody know there? Stephen. Acts chapter 6 would talk about Stephen. And you would see over the next chapter and a half through through Acts chapter 6 and into verse 7, chapter 7, I'm sorry, how Stephen was used by God. And it says in chapter uh, 6 verse 8, and Stephen was full of faith and power and did great wonders and miracles Amongst the people, we would see how how Stephen would have to be tried for his faith. He would have to give an account and the opportunity to witness to those that he was giving accounts of, of what God was able to do in his life. We would see him tried for his faith and practice and eventually stoned and put to death. It would be on the heels of this event that we, we would find Philip today. Have you ever had to make a decision? Have you ever had, of course we have, you you decided whether to come to church this morning or not. And I'm glad for for some of you, it was just, we get up and we go to church. For some, it was a decision. And I'm glad you're here. Philip had some decisions to make here. And I want us to focus on not so much who he was because he wasn't anything special. We don't see any records of his doctorate degrees or, or any special, the way he looked or how tall he was or anything like that. But we see he was able to be used because he was a willing servant. I want us to look at Acts chapter 8, verses 1 through 6. And then we're going to skip over to verse 25 for a while. But it says in Acts chapter 8, starting in verse 1, it says, And Saul was consenting unto his death, and that, the, and that time there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. 
And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women, committed them to prison. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere, preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Over to verse 25. We'll, we'll catch up on that middle part later. Verse 25 says this, And they, when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, returned to Jerusalem and preached the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. Verse 26, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem, unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, understandest what thou readest. And he said, how can I, except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb, dumb before his shearers, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this? of himself or some other man. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. I, I love this passage of scripture, and I'm thankful for Philip because we can see here how God blesses faithfulness, how God blesses willingness. Philip, like I said, would have known full well what just happened to Stephen, and he chose to continue anyways. Did he run away from persecution? I, I don't think so. You could probably... I would probably say if I was him, well, I could probably preach and be more effective if I had my head, right? If, if I could continue on breathing. And I believe as he was directed by God, he rather ran towards this other opportunity to be used by God. When Philip saw one door of opportunity close, he continued on. He, he kept going forward anyhow. And I'm sure um, we would notice here that Philip had a singular focus. He understood why he was here. He understood his main objective, and that was to preach Christ and to make him known. And because he was aware of this, it gave him clarity. It gave him understanding. If we understand that our main focus is to preach Christ, to, to share the love of Christ with others, that will make a lot of other decisions in our life easy, right? If we can base it around that. And because he did this, 
he, he was able to move forward. I'm sure we would all understand that that should be pastor's main focus as well. He should preach the gospel, right? He should be witnessing and seeing people saved and discipled and growing. And that is wonderful. I'm glad you've got a pastor like that. But do we understand as a church, it, it's, all, it's all of our responsibilities, right? Wherever we are, we are to be a Christian. We are to be Christ-like 1 John 3.18 says this, My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Or, or don't just talk about it. Let's see some action. It's wonderful to give a testimony in church, right? And I'm so glad when God saved me in this safe space, if you will. But when was the last time when we shared this with somebody else, with a coworker, with a neighbor? And even better, instead of telling others you're a Christian, wouldn't it be far better to show them that we are. I'm sure here, like in Belize, the world knows what Christians don't do, right? Well, you're a Christian. Does that mean you don't swear and, and drink and smoke and, and do all these things that are fun? Actually, you're right. But how do they know that? Probably because we've complained a little bit, right? Well, we don't do that. We don't do this thing. And that's, wouldn't it be far better if we shared with the world the love and the peace, and the joy, the, the comfort that we get knowing Christ. I'm sure that that would go so much better if they knew what we're for, if, we knew, if they knew what Christ was for. I understand we need to preach against sin, and we need to share. You, you need to be lost in order to be found, all right? You need to understand uh, there's that penalty for sin. But so often, we forget the love part. 1 John 3.18, like we talked about, mentioned that word love. The Bible says in 1 John 4.19, we love him because he first loved us. Again, we see that pattern. He gives us the standard. He shows us what it looks like. And it takes love. It takes work, doesn't it? John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave. How much effort are we putting in? We would, we would do better focusing our energy on what Christ focused on instead of all the infightings and all the different things that we do. We understand we serve a holy God who is perfect, right? So let me ask you this. I, I want to show Christ's love. I know he loves me. He's given us a pattern. He has shown me his love uh, as, as Jesus died on the cross for my sins. First, uh, sorry, John 14, 15 says this, if you love me, keep my commandments, okay? How do we show a perfect God love back when he's loved us, when we're such a sinner? Turn with me to Matthew chapter 22. Shows us basically a culmination of the Old Testament, kind of puts it all together into a simple few verses here, and it shows us how we can show a heavenly father, a sinless God, how we can give them that kind of love back. We're going to see here in, in Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 and on, a question that was posed to Jesus and the answer here. It says in chapter 22, verse 34, but when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. But if we would continue on, we would see the next is kind of paired or joined to it. As we see here, 
38 says this. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. I could make your day terrible right now. Do you have anybody in your life that just drives you crazy? Don't look around the room. But somebody maybe, somebody maybe at work or a neighbor who you just have to think about them and it just gets you going, right? Like, oh, I, th- I was going to have a great day and you brought that person up? We're to love our neighbor. And, and when we think of what God has done for us, how, how we've offended him and continue to do so, it should make it easier for, our, for us to love them with their little offense, right? If we are to be Christ-like, we ought to show them love. We ought to speak the truth in love and show them the gospel. We see Philip had this settled. He understood that just because it was difficult to preach in one area doesn't mean you stop. He continued on because Philip, we see here, firstly, was a willing servant. And you could say, Pastor, obviously, that's easy. I would be a willing servant, too, if it meant leaving an area where we're being persecuted, could be put to death, to go somewhere else, where everybody knows my name, where I'm a big deal, and people are saved like crazy. Easy, right? I'll do it. But what about when it gets hard? Have you ever doubted God? Have you ever quite like, oh, Lord, I, I, think you're, I think maybe you want me to do this thing over here? Maybe I'll just pray about it for a while. Maybe I'll see if it goes away, right? Do we see that pattern in Scripture? In this passage of Scripture, what do we see Philip do? The angel said, go, and he went. And then we see later, he ran. He said, I know my primary focus in life, and I'm being directed to do something. I'm going. I am gone. And he went. From verses 8 to 25, like I said, we would see how great multitudes of people came to know the Savior because of him, rather because of God working in and through him. But what about when we get verse up to, to verse 25? Can I be honest with you? If I was in Philip's shoes and God had called me to go to somewhere else, it says here a desert place. I would be like, okay, hold on, God. Did you not see what's going on? I mean, I'm kind of a big deal over here, right? And you're going to move me somewhere else? This doesn't make sense. But oftentimes, God directs us in ways that don't make sense. With our human understanding, we think, no, God, that can't be right. I must have misheard you. You're perfect. I must have misheard. (laughs) But if we trust him, when he guides, isn't it amazing? I, I, I hope... Because I know in my life, I can recall times where I said, okay, God, I'm just going to trust you in this area. And he's proved himself right time and time again. And then we forget. And then we got to learn it all over again, right? I hope you're like me. I hope you're better than that. But I know, honestly, sometimes I forget and I have to learn to trust God over and over again. But he just continued to move on. And we see this because, number two, we see a wanting sinner. Philip understood that all around him, are people that are lost, people who are searching because they're empty, because they're trying to fill a void in their life. This, this Ethiopian eunuch here, I believe he was a pretty big deal, right? I like vehicles. 
We won't get into brands, but I like trucks, and we'll leave it at trucks in general, okay? I, I believe he had a really nice Ford. I mean, truck, whatever he had. And, um, all right. We got the faster involved now. All right. So, I mean, it talks about he's a, he's a big deal. He's in charge of all her wealth and all these things, and he's traveling in his really sweet ride. He has everything, yet he's empty. In Belize, we have a lot of drug flow through the country, but it doesn't really stay there. But alcohol is where our people get tripped up. Trying to hide the past, trying to forget things, trying to fill the void in their life, trying to just disappear. It's such a waste. But we know they're searching. We know they're trying to fill that void through so many different things. This man had position, and he had prominence, and like I said, he had a probably a really nice truck, but, um, but he was searching. See, the world is absolutely full of people that are searching. Yet, unfortunately, all too often, I believe they're met by Christians who are too busy, too busy with their job, too busy with a, 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 a holiday, a vacation, a a, a, a something they like to do, um, really anything that will waste their time and keep them away from the main thing. Are you saying we shouldn't work, Pastor? Absolutely not. The Bible talks about the fact that if you want to eat, you need to work, right? But so often, we try and find in our job our identity, our happiness, our fulfillment, when we know we can only get that in God. Our job should be to put food on the table and to be used as an extension of who we are so that we can reach others with the gospel. Because you have your job, you can talk to those people that I could never reach or the pastor could never talk to because you have that connection there. And that is a reason we should be doing so, keeping that main thing the main thing, preaching Christ and making him known. So we see number three, a witnessing spirit. We see the Holy Spirit working here in several ways. In verses 28 and 29, we could see him, uh, as, as it talked about, uh, in several ways. Firstly, we see in the life of the lost, as we see uh, the seed planted in his life, he is a searching man. He is empty and looking for hope, looking for help. Have you ever thought about this? God wants to see people saved more than you do. Sometimes I think we forget that. I am, I'm a passionate about soul winning, about living with my life and with my mouth, who Christ is, and trying to share that with others. But often we forget that Christ wants that more than we do. And he plants that seed in them, but we need to be willing at times to water, to, to, to harvest, to that ripe fruit, and as the Bible says. So number one, through the life of the lost, and secondly, through the word of God. Amen. We see him reading here, this, this portion of scripture, and, and searching for answers. Aren't you so thankful for the word of God? Amen. Like we talked about this morning, the verses as a Christian that we get for comfort, for strength, for hope, for joy, for, for security, that we find in him our identity. But for a lost and dying world, that hope that they can find as well. The fact that we learn that we are all sinners, something we, we probably already know, okay? But and that there's a price for that sin, and that's death. 
but that Christ paid that debt on our behalf. What a wonderful story. What, and not just a story, but a fact. And I'm so thankful for how it changed my life because we have the word of God. What a blessing that is. So firstly, in the, in the life of the law. Secondly, through God's word. And third, through the life of the believer. That's us. That's Philip here as he was able to continue on and say, hey, what's going on here? Well, I'm reading, I'm reading this, this guy and I, I really don't understand. I wish somebody would help me. Hello? You ever have that time in your life where somebody's just come up to you and said, hey, uh, I got a, you're a Christian, right? Yeah. Well, I got a question for you. I was back in Ontario doing some roofing shortly before I came, and a, a man came up to do some inspections, and he said, <coughs> we talked about Belize, and he said, hold on, you're one of those, like, Bible people, right? <laughs> like, hallelujah, amen, praise the Lord, like the whole deal, right? I was like, well, yeah, <laughs> you know? He's like, well, well I, let me ask you something, and we just started talking about the gospel. Isn't that awesome? It's awesome to see how God will lead. If we are a willing servant, God will direct us to those ready to hear or at least have the gospel seed planted in their lives. So can I encourage you to pray that God would give you opportunities? And as you do so, guess what? He's going to do it. Amen. It's amazing how if we are ready, if we've asked God to give us his eyes for a lost and dying world and are ready to do so, He'll just keep bringing them across your path. It is amazing. So pray that God would bring people across your path. And then secondly, realize that it's God's job to bring them to himself. In Belize, with the Spanish culture there, I could say, hey, um, let me show you some verses. You're a sinner. You need to be saved. Would you pray with me? They would say, yes. Why? Because they don't want me around. They want me to go away, and this is a polite way of doing so, right? You know, to say no would be an offense. Uh-huh, yes. In Belize, if I ask for directions and somebody says, if I say, where's the grocery store, where's the market, if they don't know, they're going to say, oh, yes, go up this way and go left, and you'll see, yeah, and nothing, because they don't know. But you're sending them away, and the relationship is good, right? Until I'm lost. But um, so... But we have to realize that it's God's job to bring them to himself. As a, as a person who is passionate, passionate about seeing people saved, I want them. I want to share the gospel with others. But sometimes it doesn't happen. You ever get discouraged like that? As a missionary, guess what I get to do every month, every two months or so? I get to write a letter. And I get to share with churches, oh, man, what happened? I mean, I was witnessing, but nothing happened. I should put... You know, people saved down here. That's a good thing to see in a missionary letter, right? It is. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians. I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians was a big help to me, both as a missionary and as a Christian, as I realized that this is God's job. This is, this is God's part of the, the deal, if you will. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 says this, starting in verse 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6 says this. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So neither is he that planteth anything, neither is he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor, for we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's 
building. We ought to be faithful to witness and allow God to do his part. Amen. Lastly, we, we do that because we have a wonderful story. Amen. Number four this morning would be a wonderful, uh, a wonderful story. From verses 30 through the end, we would see how he was able to witness. We, he was able to lead this person to the Lord, if you will. And, and that's what we ought to be doing as well. It should be something that we cannot contain, cannot remain silent about. Um, there's a song that says, uh, uh, we have a story to tell to the nations, Amen. right? And, and that's what I do and will be doing in Belize. I want to encourage you to be doing the same here. Take every opportunity to, to reach the lost, to share with them the hope that you have. You've heard it said before, you might be the only Bible some people will ever read. What do they see in you? We are to be peculiar. That means different. That doesn't mean weird, okay? They, they should see a difference in us, in our work ethic, in our language, in the way we carry ourselves, and with our mouth as we speak. They should see a difference. We're just going to close with a few verses. Matthew chapter 15, verses 14 through 16. It really just sums it up. It says this. Matthew chapter 5. Verses 14 through 16 says this. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. And by the way, we have a position in Christ. We're an adopted son. We have a position. We are, I don't want to say the word lifted up, but we're here for a purpose. Don't, don't, don't hide yourself. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it gives light to all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Philip was not a big deal. But he knew a God who was and he was willing to be used. I want to encourage you and myself to do the same, Pastor. Pray together. Lord, thank you. Lord, for the opportunity to be challenged and encouraged. Lord, I believe that every one of us have somebody this week that we can impact for the gospel the way Philip did for that Ethiopian eunuch. And Lord, we don't have time this morning to go into it, but Lord, I believe there was a great revival that took place because of that man's salvation. It took place far away in the land of Ethiopia. Lord, an impact that Lord, it's still felt today because one soul winner, one faithful Christian was willing to go, willing to surrender. Lord, I think of every Christian here in this room this morning. Lord, every person that claims the name of Christ. Lord, I think of the fact that they're here today because somebody shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. Amen. Maybe it was a mother, maybe a father, maybe a faithful preacher or a missionary. Maybe it was a friend or a coworker, but somebody, somebody got the gospel to them. Lord, may we not let the gospel stay with us. God, would you help us to realize that you've got a purpose, not just for Brother Dinsmore in the country of Belize, but you've got a purpose for every one of us here in our city, in the city of Edmonton, in our community. Lord, it may be you've got a, a young person here whose heart you're working on, Lord, about surrendering to full-time ministry. Lord, I pray that they would make that decision, that they would yield to you. Lord, I pray you'd work in our hearts. Lord, I pray if there be one here this morning that knows you're not a Savior. 
Lord, I pray that they would know the blessed message of the gospel, that Jesus loved them, that you died for them, was buried, and rose again to pay the debt that they owe, that debt that causes them to be guilty, blood guilty as a sinner before a holy God, guilty of hell. And yet you loved them so much, you offered them eternal life by your shed blood. Lord, I pray today they would come receiving that free gift by grace through faith. Lord, I pray for others here this morning, maybe that have never been scripturally baptized, Lord, that need to surrender, Lord, to obey you as a testimony. Lord, those that maybe need to join with this church, Lord, to become a part of the ministry here, Lord, in serving you. Lord, as Philip was a part, Lord, would you work in hearts, Lord, in every decision that needs to be made this morning, Lord, I pray you be glorified. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with us this morning? Brother Royce is going to lead us in a song of invitation this morning. And let's stand together and sing number 312, Jesus I Come. Number 312. number three. Out of my rest and arrogant pride, Jesus I come, Jesus I come, into thy blessed will to Jesus Christ and he's still the answer he's not just the answer for beliefs he's the answer for you he's the answer for me and how wonderful that is I'm going to ask you this morning as we dismiss with prayer 
Let me remind you, if you can stay with us in fellowship, we've got, I think, enough food to feed about 500 people. <laughs> and uh, I believe that's the case. I think we only have about 180 here, so we can probably eat in a couple of shifts. But uh, plan on staying if you can and fellowshipping. And uh, please go and uh, talk over the Densmore if you have any questions. Over the Densmore, just be aware, all of our, most, not all, almost all of our kids are upstairs. Uh, so you're going to get flocked, I'm sure, at some point with balloon animals. Uh, some of you, uh, Miss Olga, don't try to pretend you're a kid and get a balloon animal. We're just the kids back there. But stop and talk with him. Get a prayer card. Uh, you can see his uh, family. They make him look better. And I was noticing, how many of you noticed Brother Dinsmore and I have a lot in common this morning? Uh, I noticed one particular thing that we really have in common. He has a voice for radio. How many of you noticed that? And I have a face for radio. You notice that? <laughs> Amen. All right. Uh, Brother Ahmad, would you close us in prayer? Heavenly gracious Father, thank you so much for allowing us to spend time with you today, Lord. Yes, Lord. To spend time around your word. And thank you so much for giving us the missionaries that we can reach to the othermost parts of the world, Lord, that, that, that we cannot, but you can reach out through all of them, Lord. We ask you to be with us as we leave this place to take your presence everywhere that we go, Lord. And we ask you to keep us safe. Give us a, a listening spirit, Lord, that we can listen to the message that we heard today. Yes. And we can apply it in our daily life. And bring us back tonight, Lord, together safe and sound, that we can bring our praises to you and be part of the service this afternoon, Lord. We ask all these things in the precious name of our Lord and our Savior, your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.